Broadcasting around the world, online at PressBoxRadio.com and to great radio stations throughout the state of Alabama, this is the Press Box. And it is coming to you on great stations around the state, including our friends at Northeast Alabama's Fox Sports 102.9 and 99.7. And hello, Fox Sports Central Alabama, listening on 98.3 FM. Mike Grace from the Breakline Epic Studios. J.D. Myers with us in Mobile. Brad Law joins us from the Auburn Sports Network Studios. And fellas, looking forward to this. Going to have a fun uh, segment here as we welcome in a first-timer, Michael W. Bratton, also known as SEC Mike, host of That SEC Podcast. This is one of my new favorite podcasts, one of my new favorite uh, Twitter follows as well, along with 36,000 other people who follow Michael on Twitter, at Michael W. Bratton. How are you, man? Welcome to the Press Box. Hey, doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. You, you bet, man. I know you were on with Paul Feinbaum earlier this week, and you've had previous stops at Saturday Down, Saturday down South. Uh, NFL.com, Fox Sports, and others. But right now, you've got the highest-rated SEC podcast uh, on the Apple Podcast platform, man. That's cool. Yeah, I appreciate the plug. And uh, we're new to YouTube as well. We kicked that off last season. We're up to 6,000 subscribers. So trying to get that to at least 10 by the time the football season rolls around. So I, I appreciate the plug. Awesome. For, for, for those who aren't familiar, Michael, kind of introduce yourself. Talk about the origins uh, of the podcast and, and kind of how all this came to be. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I've spent years at uh, Fox Sports, NFL.com, like you mentioned. And I've just uh, I'm a graduate of Tennessee, always been a huge SEC football fan and you know, I admire and respect the job that uh, Paul and everybody does at the SEC Network, but I just didn't feel like the entire conference had a podcast that was represented. So, you know, we really try to go that extra mile. I mean, we talk more about, uh, I don't want to say more, but as much about Arkansas Razorbacks as we do the Alabama Crimson Tide. And trust me, brother, that is not easy when Chad Morris <laughs> is your head coach and you haven't won in two years here, here. in conference. So, uh, you know, we just know there's there's so many great fans around this conference and they all deserve their due. We even have Vanderbilt people on from time to time to talk about the Commodore. So, uh, yeah, we're just trying to do all 14 SEC teams, and thankfully, coming soon, 16 teams to the SEC, and uh, uh, there, there's no better time to be a fan of uh, that SEC podcast. Diversity and inclusion. It's a thing. Yeah. And it's, a, it, it's in a different form, but it's, uh, it is. It, that, that balance I think, frankly, and everybody would would say it's uh, if they're being honest that it's been missing, and so we appreciate you guys providing that. Certainly. Um, so, with that said, um, tell me about teams outside of the the two favorites that you think have the best chance to to shock some people. If it's not Alabama, Georgia in the SEC championship game, who's got the best chance from from each division, and why? Uh, I would say starting in the West, I'd go with uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And a lot of that ha- just has to do with the progression there. I think you can make the argument that uh, if you want to span the last two seasons in the SEC, I don't know if there's a better coaching job than Sam Pittman and what he's been doing there in Fayetteville, the rebuild. I think he's got the best set of coordinators in the SEC with Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles. I was uh, singing from the mountaintops last offseason season. K.J. Jefferson, I had him as a top three quarterback in the SEC. I, For my sake, I think he lived up to it. I mean, Arkansas won nine football games. Uh, I know they're losing Traylon Burks. That's a huge hit. But the Hogs led the SEC in rushing. 
They're bringing back virtually everybody in that running game. So, you know, I think they're suited to play that ground and pound style. I still like uh, Jalen Catalan, I think, is the best safety in the SEC. They uh, bring in Drew Sanders from Alabama at linebacker to to combine with uh, Bumper Pool. So I think the linebacking core is going to be solid. Uh, defensive line is a little bit of an issue there. So, But I, I still I like Arkansas. And then in the East, you know, you can make an argument for Kentucky, Florida, and I would even throw South Carolina into the mix, given everything they brought back. But I lean towards Tennessee right now. And it, it all has to do with Josh Heupel and that offense. And, I mean, like I said, I'm a Tennessee graduate. So I've watched some god-awful Tennessee football over the years, particularly on the offensive side of the football with uh, under Jeremy Pruitt. It was borderline unwatchable. You fast forward just a, se- a season, and the Vols, it's like you can't miss a possession because they'll come right out and they'll score a 75-yard touchdown right off the bat they did it twice to kentucky in the first three series of the football game so they're just so electric and they don't match up with alabama and georgia if you, if you want to go one through 85 they certainly don't but they have that offense that are, that is just so explosive that it could be a game changer it caught alabama georgia at that time when they played them they were shutting down everybody they i believe tennessee was the first team to score a first quarter touchdown on the georgia bulldogs so going into year two Hendon Hooker's more experience. They're adding receivers via the transfer portal. They're bringing back four or five on the offensive line. They're bringing back uh, all their running backs with the exception of Tyon Evans, who transferred out. I think Tennessee's offense is going to be something special. Now, of course, the defense could be a real problem, but uh, that's why I don't quite have the Vols winning the East just yet. But I I think they could play a spoiler. And, Michael, when, when Josh Heupel finds himself a quarterback he can rely on, depend on, trust, boy, watch out. That offense could could, could take even another step in the right direction yeah no doubt and uh that's why tennessee uh boosters are getting in on the nil because they've got to identify their guy yeah. they've got another five-star committed of course he's he's not going to be on the team this year but uh it, the future looks very bright on rocky top not just this season week two of the season talking about arkansas and if they catch some momentum early look out for their first five games cincinnati south carolina texas a&m and alabama and three of those four games are in Fayetteville. So there's, there is, I, I agree with you, Michael. There's some, there's some opportunity for Arkansas to make noise early and build a lot of momentum, particularly that week two game against South Carolina. Gamecocks have improved at a lot of key positions in, in Shane Beamer's second season and, and what's going to be his second season. They're an intriguing team out of the East. Yeah. And I can't, for the life of me, understand these people that, uh, that don't like Spencer Rattler, the addition of of uh, the, the former Oklahoma quarterback. I know he lost his job. I've I've, I've been on with uh, several Arkansas people that said, "Well, heck, this guy failed at Oklahoma. Failed. I mean, he lost his two first his first two starts. He lost them, and then he won, I believe, fifteen in a row, which included a Big Twelve title. He threw for over, uh, I believe, forty touchdowns, ten interceptions, over four thousand yards. I mean. If that's failing, brother, I'd, I'd hate to see a success. Now, I'm not sitting here hyping up uh, Spencer Rattler's going to win the Heisman like you're seeing. They don't need him to win the Heisman. They just need him to be an upgrade over what uh, they had last season, which they started the year was as a literally a coach. They took a coach off uh, out of the staff, put him on the field as their starting quarterback. Massive, massive upgrade for the South Carolina Gamecocks with Spencer Rattler. And it's just, not just Rattler. They got Wake Forest, best running back. They've added some receivers via the transfer portal, give more options. They're also getting uh, Austin Stogner, the tight end from Oklahoma. He's 
when I went back and studied Spencer Rattler, Stogner was one that jumped out to me. He's legitimately six foot seven. He is a huge target for the South Carolina offense. Uh, I, I just think uh, you know we're going to flip a switch here in Columbia when it turns to the uh, the offensive side of the ball and. I was blown away by just how impressive that Clayton White defense was last year because you got to remember under Will Muschamp's last year there in South Carolina, the defense was just absolutely garbage. That was the Lane Kiffin tossing the clipboard game because they were putting up uh, as many points as they wanted on Will Muschamp's defense. What's your uh, projection for Billy Napier's first season uh, in Gainesville? They open up with Utah. That's a tough test right out of the gate. Uh, they've they've got to go to Knoxville. They've got to go to College Station. They go to Tallahassee. It is a uh, is a pretty daunting schedule for the Gators in uh, Billy Napier's first season. Yeah, the Gators are they're one of the teams I'm having the hardest time kind of pegging where they're at. I think a lot of their hopes rely on Anthony Richardson, who we saw briefly last season. You know, against lesser competition, he looked incredible. He looked like he may win a Heisman down the line. If if they get that, Anthony Richardson. I think Florida could compete potentially even with Georgia. I mean, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't pick them to, to win the East, but I think they could finish as high as second if they're getting that. Now, this is the same Anthony Richardson that got hurt dancing before South Carolina. He just got ticketed for going 100 miles per hour or something crazy like that. Again, I, I don't like to – I'm not trying to pile on him, but he needs to be the face of this organization. And you got to stop having these hiccups. I, and, and Florida's got virtually no depth – be on uh, their first line on, on offense and defense. So they are an injury or two away from disaster. So can they keep the guys healthy? That's another big question. Uh, I, I just listened to an interview with uh, Tom Luganbill, the great Tom Luganbill of ESPN. He said, I'm putting Utah in my top four in the preseason. So that gives you an indication of the challenge right out the gate, like you said. That Kentucky game week two in Gainesville looms large. I, I think those are the two, but particularly Kentucky. If Florida loses to Kentucky, I'm not even sure they go to a bowl game. If they knock off Kentucky, they can build some momentum, and I think they're going to have a really surprising year. So it, it's kind of a crossroads. Okay, that's a team I really need to see before I can kind of give you an accurate projection. Same question as we just kind of take it uh, rapid fire here with Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast, LSU and Brian Kelly. You know, the, the prevailing thought is there's so much talent uh, at LSU, and they were kind of being held back a little bit, save Joe Burrow in the 2019 season by Ed Orgeron. Now with Brian Kelly in charge, veteran, successful head coach, they get Tennessee and Florida out of the East. They open with Florida State in New Orleans. Uh, they they've, they've get Ole Miss and Alabama at home in Baton Rouge. Your projection for Brian Kelly's first season at LSU? Yeah, you're, you're coming with the good questions here. These are the teams that, that I'm having the hardest time pegging. Just uh, you know, obviously the complete coaching turnover. LSU's brought in. The number changes weekly, but I think it's 17 transfers they're bringing in. And, you know, the high, fans are anticipating big things in Baton Rouge under Brian Kelly. I, I tend to agree with them, but just not this season. I don't know how you can have that much turnover and come around. Like you said, you open against Florida State. I'm not particularly high. On Florida State, that game is in New Orleans, so there should be more LSU fans there than uh, FSU fans. But that game could go a long way towards determining bowl eligibility for LSU. You know, if they were to roll out on the field tomorrow, I think they're playing three quarterbacks. I, I, I don't think they've got an answer at quarterback. I love their defensive line. I think they could have one of the best defensive lines in the West, but their defensive backfield is completely rebuilt. They brought in two guys from Arkansas in uh, Joe Fouché, Greg Brooks, 
solid players, but not all SEC caliber. When I think of LSU defensive backs, I think of Stingley, uh, Patrick Peterson, Eli Ricks, who's now at Alabama. I mean, I think of some of the best defensive backs in the country. They don't have that right now. Uh, so defense, I think, will be suspect aside from the defensive line. Offensive line is also an issue for the Tigers. They are apparently going to start a true freshman at left tackle to give you an indication of where things are now. I hear he's good. He's a, he's a five-star Will Campbell. But, again, it, it's going to take time for that unit to come together. So I think LSU, I, I think they're closer to 6-6 to six and six than 8-4 and four right now. Uh, Michael W. Bratton on Twitter, at Michael W. Bratton. He's SEC Mike, that SEC podcast. Um, Auburn returns everybody on the offensive line. They brought in a couple of really big dudes on the defensive line. The interior, they already had talent there, but I'm awfully high on what they're doing on the defensive front. You, you got to have talent and experience capability up front on both sides to compete. Are the offensive and defensive lines enough for Auburn to outdo some of the projections that are out there for the Tigers in the West this season? Well, Brad, you say they bring back everybody on the offensive line. Is that a good thing? Because last time I checked, I mean, ooh, Auburn, uh, no, I got them dead last in the West. I had them sixth in the West last offseason. I, I was ready to give Brian Harson coach of the year when they were sitting there, I believe, at five and two. You know, they controlled their destiny in the West. And then, of course, the meltdown happened, and we, and we all know the drama, so I don't want to recap all of that. But where are you going on offense? Because I do think Zach Calzada is a little bit better than people give him credit for. But even he was a limited participant in the spring. Tank Bigsby, love Tank Bigsby. He may be the best running back in the entire SEC. But, it, again, it, it all goes back to the blocking. Who cares if they can't block for him? I don't think they have a receiver that is going to threaten a, a good SEC defense. Uh, they've got some solid tight ends. But, again, I mean, that's not – unless you've got Brock Bowers or Arik Gilbert out there, I mean, tight end is, is just not a, a game-breaking position, uh, not with any of the guys Auburn's got. So, yeah, I think Auburn is – you know, they got to beat Penn State right out the gate. They The first SEC game is Missouri. I think that's a tricky game, believe it or not. And I don't think that's where you want to be if you're Brian Harson in year two saying Missouri is going to be a, a tricky game. Uh, they have got to win that one. They, they beat LSU last year. Now, they're getting them at home. So maybe they can get some momentum. Maybe I'm dead wrong. They beat Penn State, beat Missouri, beat LSU again. I'll be ready to give Brian Harson coach of the year at that point, but I just don't see it happening. I, th I think Auburn's in for a really rough year. He's SEC Mike, Michael W. Bratton, host of that SEC podcast. And again, his three bold takes earlier this week on Pinebaum, the team to battle Georgia for the SEC East would be Tennessee. His October 1st battle between Alabama and Arkansas, not only a battle of unbeatens, but a battle, a battle of top five teams. And here's the biggie. Uh, something about week three in the fall. You got the Gamecocks over Georgia in week three, Mike. That's a big, that's a bold one, man. Yeah, I've been playing with that one for a while, and credit Paul, man. Every time he has me on, I get nervous, and he's and he's, he makes me go bold here, so to keep having me on. But yeah, just like I was saying, so many upgrades there for South Carolina, uh, particularly on that offensive side of the football. Uh, that Williams Bryce Stadium is is a very tough place to play. We all know Georgia, how dominant they were. People saying I hate Georgia. I picked Georgia to win the national championship last March. So it's not that I hate Georgia. I still think they're the, the team to beat in the SEC East, excuse me, the SEC East. But I just think it's going to take a little time for them to get going. I think they're going to be a lot better towards the tail end of the season than they are at the beginning. So this should be the first true chest for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm, I'm not buying the Oregon hype 
They got Bo Nix, Dan Lanning. Nice story, but uh, that that's not going to be a game by halftime, I don't think. So, yeah, I hey, there's some stunning upsets every year in the SEC, so that's, that's one I'm kind of uh, banking on right now. Now, I hope uh, South Carolina doesn't get whooped at Arkansas week two and they turn around and get destroyed by Georgia. I'll look like an idiot, but it <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. Trust me. Michael W. Bratton on Twitter, That SEC Podcast, and online at www.thatsecpodcast. I love the content. Michael, thanks so much for joining us, man. We'll have you back inside the press box soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Again, Michael W. Bratton of the uh, SEC, That SEC Podcast is the name of it. Just search for it wherever you find your favorite podcast, That SEC Podcast. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page, online at PressBoxRadio.com, or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the Press Box.